conversation today we were talking a little bit you know in the back room and um, I feel like we're going to have a great conversation today all around meditation and you know what I'm just going to let Lori jump in here and introduce herself and a little bit of what she does and let her give you all a sneak peek about what we're going to talk about today thanks so much for having me Maria I'm excited to be here so my whole mission at this point in my life is to teach the world to be calm and grounded no matter what is going on around them and so everything I'm doing, it uh, helps funnel into that mission. That's so, super important yeah. to do, especially the, the especially the last couple of years, right? <laughs> the last right? couple of years has been, I don't know how people that don't make meditation and yoga and just practicing calmness have survived the last couple of years of just uncertainty and stress. Well, I'll tell you how they've survived. They've survived with um, alcohol and mm snacks it's a very good point and i'd say you're, you're you're very much correct on that and i think i think sadly you know there are so many people who haven't figured out healthy outlets for stress and you know you could go back and forth on alcohol is not bad and snacks aren't bad and we're not saying that they are necessarily bad but you know replacing you know good healthy habits um with something that can be very unhealthy as a coping mechanism is kind of what we're, we're talking about at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do want to kind of share a little bit of your story. First of all, what is Zen rabbit and where did that come about? Yeah. Zen rabbit is the name of my company. And it was the, what I named my first company that I started back in 2003. And at that point I was making and marketing a product called the gratitude cookie, which mm. was based on a family recipe. And as a marketer with more than 25 years background in marketing, I created it to be a product that businesses could send to their clients and to their referral sources as a way to say thank you. Oh, it's actually a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a little ahead of its time. Yeah. I ran it for 11 years, couldn't scale it quite the way I wanted to, and ended up shutting it down in 2014. So um, yeah, but the name Zen Rabbit was... There's a couple of different stories behind it, but the real story is that when I was a baby, I had a pink stuffed rabbit that my mom put in the crib. And as I got older, I would rub her ears for comfort. You know how Aww. babies do that yeah. with blankets and all kinds of stuff. And uh, she would put me in this Zen meditative state. And so she was technically my Zen rabbit, although I didn't call her that at the time. And yeah, so then when I started making these cookies and people would taste them, they would say, oh my gosh, this reminds me of baking in the kitchen with grandma. And then they would be back in their Zen blissful place. And so that's how the name kind of evolved into what it is. I love that. I love and that. And from a marketing standpoint, nobody ever forgets the name Zen Rabbit. They forget no. my name, but they remember Zen Rabbit. 
Absolutely. Well, and I mean, I was curious about it. when I first seen it, I was like, Zen Rabbit, there has to be a story behind that. And I think that's why it's memorable, right? It's, it's you know, it's it's one of those, it's like, where did that come from? There has to be a story behind that name. It's just not random. Um, right. I love that. And I, and I think, you know, first of all, it's sad that you said that it was before its time and it's your probably right on that because that's actually a great idea. And, um, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs realize um, when they're in the middle of doing business, especially that sounds like that was a very hands-on business. I don't know if you had employees and stuff with that, but very hands-on, which makes it harder to scale. <laughs> it started as hands-on and eventually got to the point where I handed off the baking. I mean, we're baking a food yeah. product. So it's a manufacturing a food product yep. with no preservatives. Yep. There's like a whole bunch of, and then the logistics oh, yeah. of shipping it all over the world. So much in there. But yes, so there I um, started doing it myself and then handed it off to a commercial baking partner. Yeah, and, and well, and it, I think for a lot of people who start businesses, we're very much the visionaries. Mm -hmm. And and I'm saying we because it's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, totally with you. <laughs> so it's like you know you you can do all of these aspects, and it seems like it just lines right up. But then when you start start getting enough business in that when that's when you kind of reach this capacity <laughs> where you can't physically keep up with all of it and you have to end up you know um relying on other people to do it which we can talk about that's a whole nother conversation for a whole other day okay. on relying on people to yes. do you know your dream your vision but i mean i think that kind of really wraps us back to just talking about you know as as humans, I started to say as entrepreneurs, but as humans, we can get very overwhelmed at times, whether it's, you know, family or, you know, business or just life in general, we can get very overwhelmed. And, you know, I think that that is where um, learning um, healthy coping mechanisms like we were talking about comes in handy, including meditation. And before we went live, we were talking about how it, that we both thought it was very important to teach kids that at a young age. I wish I had learned it at a young age. I really do. Yeah. Well, actually, my mom took my brother and me to a meditation course when I was 10. So I had that as a foundation, but I didn't really use it. Like I might have used it for the first year or so after that course. And then getting into my teen years and as a young adult, I did not use it consistently at all. Like I would do it for maybe a few days and then I'd take a few years off uh, or decades. Um, so <laughs> I think, I think it's one of those things you don't realize how much it helps you unless you really do push yourself all the way into it. Right. I mean, I, I get that. I mean, I was not raised with meditation. I was raised Southern Baptist. I don't know how uh, familiar you are with Southern Baptist, but meditation is pretty much considered, um, wrong. We'll just say wrong. We'll keep it nice. Yeah. Um, but you know, as I got older, I started getting introduced to it, but it wasn't until I was, you know, much older that I really started embracing it because I couldn't find anything else that fit. And I was at like the, the down bottoms of what I felt like emotionally I could take. And at that point in time, I was willing to try anything. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised on how much it helped because, you know, I was kind of like, oh, that's just woo woo. It's not going to work. It's whatever. And um, I was surprised how much it actually helped me. And, you know, not only helped me, but, uh, but allowed me to really reach a part of myself that I didn't even really know existed. And, you know, I think that's uh, for a lot of people who have never been um, around meditation, it seems kind of foreign, like, oh, I can sit in like, mm, um, for hours, like you, you know, see on TV or whatever. And I would like you to talk a little bit about 
meditation from your definition of meditation and, you know, maybe a little bit of what you do within Zen Rabbit. Yeah, I encounter that a lot, that whole, that misconception of what meditation actually is. And it is not, you know, sitting on a mat cross-legged for yeah. hours of a day, removing all thoughts from your head and just sitting in silence. It's really about getting in touch with that inner voice, getting quiet enough to hear your own inner truth because we all have it, but we live in a society that has so much chatter and distraction going on that we never get quiet enough to hear it unless we deliberately consciously take the time to do something like meditate or um, you know prayer could be a form of meditation or gardening or golfing whatever it is but when you are in that place where you get to uh, hear that own, the, that inner calm if you will mm -hmm. and so yeah so meditation is there's and there's so many different ways to do like actual sitting meditation for example a lot of people have so much pent up energy so to sit in even for five minutes is uncomfortable and so for those people i recommend putting on your favorite hype song the song that charges you up and dancing for the yeah. length of the song get all the energy out and then go sit or do a walking meditation and go out into nature and take a walk without your electronics. I mean, if you got to bring them because you don't, you know, you need the GPS or whatever it is, but put it away. Like mm -hmm. you don't want to be listening to a podcast, for example. I mean, listen to a podcast, but if you want to meditate, that's yeah, separate. <laughs> that's not meditation. Yeah, it's not meditation. Right, right. <laughs> um, and, and take off the headphones and listen to the birds. Pay attention to what you're seeing you know, notice the trees, the lake, whatever it is, use your, your senses to get in touch with, with yourself. I love that definition. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, there's so much misconception around meditation and what you mentioned about, you know, have, sitting silently and, you know, all that, that was my misconception for years and years and years added to, you know, oh no, that's mystics and mystics is wrong. And, you know, all those things was all piled in my head. I love what you said about getting in touch with your inner truth, because that was my experience. My experience with meditation actually started with kind of what you were saying. I'm a big avid hiker. I hike a lot and kayak a lot. And my first experiences with meditating came in the form of that, of just, you know, being present, being present, really noticing what was going on around me, really noticing what was going on in me, which is a big thing. I am a go-getter. You know, I'm a go-getter. I'm always thinking mm -hmm. ahead, thinking goals, 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 which is great in some ways, but I've had to learn. My natural is go, go, go. I've had to learn the process of, you know, taking a step back and just relaxing and being. And I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs specifically that are in that same boat, right? Is that we're used to having to do, 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 um, especially as a mom too, do, 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 right? And it took me so long to figure out that not only was it okay that I had my own inner time, my own truth, it was absolutely necessary. Yes, absolutely necessary. And entrepreneurs and just people in general who are constantly going, 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 there's a difference between being busy and being productive and oh, being, being busy and uh, taking action versus taking inspired action. And when you allow yourself to get into that, it, you know, a, once a day, let's say, 
regularly get to that place of inner truth, you can, you can come out with a, you know, meditation actually increases your creativity, increases your, enhances your focus. It makes you, um, less likely to stay stuck in past mistakes so you can move forward and perform better in stressful situations. So all of these, I mean, there's so much, and there's science and research behind this. So that's the other thing is it used to be considered like this woo-woo thing. And now there's so much science and research backing up all the benefits of meditation. When you look at the highest performing business people in the world, the majority of them practice meditation and they will tell you they will that they credit meditation for supporting their success. Now, of course, you have to still take action. Yes. It's not just about meditating. And well, that'd be nice if it was that way. That wouldn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> but that meditation gives them the ability to be better business people. Absolutely, I 100% agree with you, and I think that you know, kind of breaking down those misconceptions is kind of the first step. And I always tell people, I'm like, you know what, if it's something you've never experienced, how do you know if it's going to be something that will fit into your life unless you kind of take that step and try it? And, um, you know, that, again, that was me. What, what would you, you know, um, suggest if somebody's never meditated, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're, they're not big on meditation. And I, I've heard this before too. I'm too busy to meditate. I don't know how yes. you I'm too busy to meditate. Where would you suggest that they start? I hear that all the time too. So that those, that's the other thing too busy means, so there's a, a proverb that if you are too busy to meditate for an hour, you need to meditate for two. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, meditation is actually going to add time into your day. So I would recommend starting with five minutes. Okay, wait, start with two minutes, like just sit and close your eyes or don't close your eyes, focus on a spot on the floor in front of you or on the wall in front of you and just take a deep breath in, hold it for a moment and let it go. And then do that again and let it go and do that a third time. Breathe in, breathe in, feel it all the way down into your abdomen your breath all the way down into your abdomen, feel your abdomen expanding and then let it go and feel your shoulders relaxing, your neck, your head, your brow, just like water is running off of you like a waterfall. And there you go. Like start with that. I think, I think that's amazing to do. And I, I suggest that, you know, if you didn't do it along with Lori, just kind of rewind it back a little bit and really try to do that because it really doesn't take a lot to make a big difference. And, mm -hmm. you know, once you get into these habits, because this is another misconception that I hear. It's like, oh, that they think people think that once they start meditating, they're never going to feel stressed again. Uh, yeah, no, that's not true. No. <laughs> sorry. Sorry to burst that bubble. Again, that would be nice, but I, I get stressed, right? I get overwhelmed still. I still get stressed. I have my days where I just feel like, like flipping my lid. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have to be conscientious and try to reel my feelings down a little bit and breathe and breathe and breathe nine times out of 10. 
Um, I am blowing it all out of proportion. I tend to be pretty dramatic when I get upset. Um, and the rest of the time, it's like, okay, well, I'm still calmer. I still have a situation I need to deal with, but at least I'm in a calm frame of mind at this point. And, you know, I think that that is, again, healthy coping mechanisms for stress, for life, because, you know, the, the whole name of the show, Successfully Chaotic, is named that for a reason, right? Life is chaos. It doesn't matter how amazing your life is. There's going to be, you know, chaotic moments and our flavors of chaos is a little bit different, of course, but, you know, chaos can be stressful sometimes, right? And so being able to have some of these coping mechanisms um, in a healthy manner, I think helps us to navigate those chaotic times. Yeah. Meditation isn't going to change the situation, the circumstances around you. What it does is it changes you and your response to those circumstances and situations. So when you are meditating, you are actually rewiring your brain. You're changing your brain chemistry. And that changes how you respond instead of react to those situations. And I think that's huge. I think because I know for so many people that we end up reacting instead of acting, right? So there is a big difference in mm -hmm. reacting to a situation and acting in a situation. And, you know, unfortunately, earlier in my years, I tended to do the reacting. I would react, freak out, run around like my hair was on fire. Mm -hmm. And I would do lots of things to, and I'm using quotation marks, if you're listening to fix the situation, but in reality, a lot of times I was just making it so much worse because I didn't take that time to take a step back and breathe and assess the situation or really try to plot a plan on what I needed to do to correct the situation or, you know, you just feel better about the situation. Because sometimes there's no correcting the situation, yeah. right? Right, right. And again, it comes back to how are you going to respond to it rather than, yeah, you're not going to change it. So you have to learn how to accept it and then, and then what, and then what, and then what? So within Zen Rapid, what, what do you do? What, what does your day look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn cause I, that's my, my social media of choice. It's less chaotic actually than most of the others, which is why I prefer it. And, um, and I get to hang out with my people, which are like business people. So mm -hmm. I, get to hang with them. So I'm on, I'm posting on LinkedIn. I'm interacting on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm working with clients. So I work with private clients. I have a small group program that launched a few weeks ago. Um, the first cohort launched a few weeks ago. The second cohort is launching in a few weeks from now. Um, and then I also work with companies to, I have a corporate program that I work with people. So basically, I mean, again, it comes back to teaching people how to stay calm and grounded no matter what's going on around them using the concepts of gratitude and meditation. But really the concepts that I use are, I don't want to say irrelevant, but they're really not like, are you feeling stressed and uh, anxious all the time? Would you like to find peace of mind? I can help you bridge that gap. So how we do it really doesn't matter if, if that's what the end result you want. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, and, and, and I love that. So you have, you said you have a corporate program and you have a personal program. Um, what, what does that program look like? Is it, is it you one-on-one? -on -one? Is it like a group program? Is it kind of like you just do it depending on what the needs are? 
Yeah. So, so it is a private client is one-to-one that small group or the corporate corporate is also a group program, but it's structured a little bit differently um, than the, than the individual yeah. program. Yeah. So the program is called fuck being fine because you reach a point. Thank you. I've been there. I've been there. Cause I'm like, yes. Right. You reach a point where you're, you're like, I'm done with everything being fine. You know, we go, we, we all, how are you? Fine. It's what we've been trained to say in, in our world. And you reach a point where you're like, no, fine is not okay. I'm done with fine. Fine is mediocre. Fine is complacent. Fine is, you know, average. And I want more than that. I want better. And so that's where you just get to the point where you're like, fuck being fine. So within that program, there is a framework called the Trilogy for Success. And the Trilogy is gratitude, connections, and under connections, it's connections with others, as well as most importantly, the connection with yourself. And that's where the meditation piece comes in. So gratitude, connections, and courage then. Courage to do the thing that once you get quiet enough to hear your own inner voice, the courage to do what that inner voice is telling you. Because a lot of times people don't want to get to that quiet place because they are afraid of what they're going to hear. They're afraid that they're going to hear something that they don't want to hear. Like that you have to leave this job or you have to close your company or you have to leave your marriage like I did. Like I don't want to hear that because that's scary. And that's where that courage piece comes in. I'm glad that you brought that up because I was a – I know something that I was going to bring up was you not only walked away from your business that you had built, but you ended up walking away from your marriage. And both of those things can, can be hard. I, I, I'm in my second marriage, so been there, done that. And, um, I, I think that for a lot of people, we have been there and that is never a, a fun (laughs) situation, no matter what the marriage was like, good, bad, in between, you know, it's, it's scary uh, to start over a lot of times. Um, And then you're always questioning, am I making the right decision? Am I not making the right decision? Which can be awful as well. And then of course you have all the outside opinions that people have. Did you end up coming to that decision? um, You know, kind of, let me rewind. So with your framework that you have, did that framework come from some of the decisions that you had to make? Because I'm assuming it probably did. Yeah. Yeah. It came after. It wasn't before. Uh, yeah. The the closing the first business, and I will add on that I closed that first business at the same time. I'd already decided to close it, but at the same time, my mom was diagnosed with an acute form of leukemia and passed away six weeks later. So all of that was happening at the same time in 2014. And it wasn't until 2018 that I left my marriage because there was some other stuff. His mom passed away too in there. And it was just, like we were helping each other through that very difficult transition of, of you know, a mom's passing. There's nothing, nothing that compares to that. Yeah. Um, but I will say that leaving the marriage was harder for me than anything else I have ever done in my life because he is such a good person and he still is. And there wasn't anything terribly wrong. Everything was fine. (laughs) And that's why it was easy to stay and so difficult to leave. And yet fine is not okay. There's more, there's better. The soul wants, this is why 
people get into uh, or they or stay in situations where they say it's fine, it's fine, but they are struggling because their soul is crying for more. Our souls are designed to grow throughout our entire lives. Even when you're 90, your soul wants more. So, um, yeah, so this program grew out of all of those experiences of how, you know, how much time do we have here? Nobody knows. And so you, you need to like do the things that you, that your heart is calling for you to do. I, I absolutely agree. And I think that society wise, and I think it's starting to go a little, little better, but society wise, I feel like women, especially and I, women have been almost given this script that, you know, we, we can have a choice, right? We're, we're given a choice. So you, you can, you know, get out of school and you can get a career path or you can go the family path. You can get married, go the family path, but it's almost frowned upon if you want to do both. And I, I still, I experienced that still to this day, um, that it, my husband works for another company, works full time, has to travel some. When he travels, it's no big deal, right? He travels, I watch the kids, you know, all the things. If I end up having to travel for my business, I get a whole lot of, well, what about the kids, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like, well, they're going to be with their dad, you know? And, oh, wow, that's so good that he, you know, babysits for you. I'm like, there's children. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's not babysitting. It's called parenting. So, I, I mean, I, you know, I think that, it's starting to get to this point where we as a society, we as women especially, are to the point that we're, we are done being fine. We're done being fine. Um, we're done with, you know, the idea that we can't do more than one thing, right? And I, I, I know early on, I was raised to think that. I was raised in a very traditional type family that, you know, the women stayed home when they had kids and then the men would work and, you know, the women did it, the inside chores and the dishes and stuff and the men mowed outside. Very traditional, right? And I never fit into that. I was always the black sheep. I ended up doing it when I first got married, but I did it begrudgingly. I didn't want to be the one that did that. I always questioned it, but then I felt guilty about questioning it. And I, you know, I, I got to the point, like you said, that I felt fine until I didn't, because that's the thing with fine. Fine goes from being fine to really, really not fine very quickly. Yeah. And it's like, you don't even realize that it transitions to that point. And I think that's why it's so important to have programs like you have. Um, especially like you mentioned corporate, I think it's important in the corporate world too, because there's so many, you know, business professionals that are walking around fine, right. Yeah. Until they're not. Right. It's almost like, as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, it's almost like when you need a haircut, which I actually do right now, uh, <laughs> your hair looks great or it looks fine until then one day you're like, oh yep. my God, I have to get it cut right now. Yep. <laughs> like right. I'm going to take a scissors to it myself. It's like that. And, um, yeah. And going back to the corporate thing, like as entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship is the greatest personal development journey you could go on. Right. You can't be an entrepreneur and not be going through a personal development journey. It's not possible. But the people who are in corporate don't necessarily have knowledge. I'm not going to say not access. They have, everybody has access to the same tools and techniques and resources, they don't have the knowledge of them. And so that's why I feel so strongly about bringing this into corporate because yes, they definitely need to have access to this information and they're not necessarily looking for it or even aware that it exists. 
Absolutely. Well, and I know I, I worked corporate before I went out on my own and I can tell you firsthand, it's, that's a whole nother, again, conversation for right, right. day. But you don't feel, I'm not saying every company, there's some good companies out there, sure. but for the sure. most part, you don't feel like, even if you knew the programs existed, how are you, how, how are most people going to go to their superiors and say, you know what I think we need in this office? I think we need to start meditating. I think we need mm -hmm. to start meditating to be able to help us all, you know, react or like act better and not react so much. I mean, in most companies, that's not going to go over well, that conversation. And that's unfortunate, right? Because I think, I think it should be just as natural as having a, a water fountain or having whatever other needs a company has, because, you know, there are so many mental health issues that are, I would say, rampant in mm -hmm. corporate um, structures that are directly impacting the company's bottom line. And if they would just take those small little steps like meditating and actually, you know, talking to them on a human level and forgetting the ROI for just a hot minute, talk to them on a human level, I think they'd see a great rise in their ROI. That's, it's great that you just brought that up because that's the funny thing is that this will directly affect ROI. People who meditate are more focused. They are more productive. They are healthier and they are ultimately more profitable. So why wouldn't you want this resource, this tool in your company? And again, going back to the most successful business leaders in the world, practice meditation. So not because they have nothing else to do, you know, there's, there's, yeah, because they see it affects their profitability. I think for most companies, if they would give it a chance, if they would just, you know, kind of take that first step and give it a chance, I think they would be pleasantly surprised. And not only companies, but just people in general, yeah. just people in yeah. general, because I will forever be grateful for the first time that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I can't, my brain cannot take another thing. I mean, I was about to, mm -hmm. I was, I was just done with like pretty much everything. And I decided to go on a hike because hiking always made me feel better, you know, out in nature out. And I mean, I do realize now that that's, oh, that had always been a form of meditation, but I just mm -hmm. didn't name it that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, that day I was consciously trying to just tap into how I felt. And, you know, by the time I got done, I felt better than I ever had. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, there's something to this. I'm not 100% sold on this whole meditation thing, but I do feel better. So maybe I'll start to add this into, right. you know, and it's, but it took, it took a little bit, but that, that first time I tried it, I was like, okay, okay. Because, you know, we were mentioning earlier that a lot of people have that misconception of, you know, the Tibetan monk sitting in Nome and, you know, just in complete silence. Yeah. I'm super hyperactive. The idea of me sitting for very long, I would have laughed at you, right? Um, I can do it now. Um, still not for hours or something, but for minutes, right? <laughs> Which is right, right. Well, it's it's <laughs> practice. You get better yeah. with practice. Exactly. Well, and I think for so many people, if they would just give it that first mm -hmm. chance and just really notice, okay, well, I'm just going to focus on my breathing and we could get into the science of breath work and all of that. Uh, that's a, I'm a nerd with that kind of stuff, but you know, just proper breathing. Most people don't breathe properly. Yeah. I've always been active. I've always been involved in sports. I've always been very physically, you know, out in the world. Right. But I, I didn't realize until first starting meditation and then kind of getting into yoga, I never breathed properly. All the way down to your abdomen. That's yeah. why I said that when we were practicing that. Yeah. And, and I think that's huge. That's that, a huge step. 
physiologically, when you only breathe very shallowly, like most people do, it affects your the physical physicality of your body. You're not getting enough oxygen into your into your lungs and then into your blood and then up to your brain, which is another reason why focus is so difficult. I mean, it's Absolutely. one of the reasons why. Um, and why you have that middle of the afternoon slump and, oh, I need to go get another cup of coffee or a Coke or, you know, some a chocolate bar or whatever, like all of these not great habits trying to fuel yourself, you know, increase your energy when really, if you just breathe deeper, you could have more energy that way too. One of my favorite things to mention to people too, and this usually gets a lot of the women's attention is that, you know, deep breathing actually decreases fat in our body because we actually breathe it out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that. And that usually gets them to go, what? Seriously? I'm like, look it up. Promise. <laughs> you know, and that usually gets them to like, oh, I can breathe better and lose weight. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, I think it's funny, the little things that kind of trigger us. Um, I do want to ask you, because I know we've been talking for a little bit, Where where's the best places for people to kind of find out a little bit? I know you said you're on LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn just under your name or? Yeah, under, um, under my name, Lori Sykes. Okay. And zenrabbit.com is the website. And once you go to zenrabbit.com, then you can also find it, find the link to me on LinkedIn. That's awesome. I know you mentioned too that you um, had a six minute gratitude meditation. How can people find out about that? Yeah. So when you go to zenrabbit.com, there is a page that talks about customized meditations. And when you go to that page, there's a, a pop-up that you can fill out and get access to a free six minute gratitude meditation. And it's a perfect introduction because it's only six minutes and it is, it's got music underneath it and it's guided, which are the other things that help people when they're first starting meditation is listen to a guided meditation to keep your mind occupied. And yeah, that's a great place to start. You can download that free meditation. I think that's great. And I think it's a great tip because if not the first few times I tried to meditate on my own, like actual just sit calm meditation, it was like, oh, I forgot to move the clothes from the washer to the dryer. Oh, (laughs) I was like doing my mental checklist. That's another thing though, real quick, is that you are going to have thoughts coming through your head. Like that is actually part of meditation. People think they're not good at meditating because they can't get rid of the thoughts, but the thoughts are part of it. I love that you said that. I mean, it, yeah, it ended up being um, you know, a big checklist of, and, and then hilariously, I wish somebody would have recorded my mind the first few times because it was like something like that. And then it would be like, Maria, you're supposed to be meditating. So mm-hmm. not only did I do my checklist, but then I'm like yelling at myself because I'm doing my checklist in my mind while I'm supposed to be meditating. It was a hot mess at the beginning. But I, I think that's, that's you know a good place to kind of end this. Starting anything, you're not going to be perfect, right? right. And Just actually, like- you're never going to be perfect. But, you know, I think, starting with that six minute guided meditation is a good place to start. Maybe they always need guided meditation and there's nothing wrong with that. I love guided still after all these years of doing it, I still enjoy a good guided meditation. I think that's been great. And thank you so much for being on today. I'm going to make sure for everybody that's listening, all of the links to all of the things that Lori mentioned will be in the show notes. And Lori, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me. Won't stop for traffic lights. And I, I really want to know.